Well, I don't know if I gave you the wrong verse, but it's supposed to be Psalms 122, verse 1. Which is, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Before we get into our lesson this morning, I do want to remind everyone that if you want to wear a mask that is that makes you comfortable, that is fine. There is no problem with that. Uh, just wear it. And uh, if someone doesn't like it on your face, then they can just look the other way. Uh, but wear your mask if that's what you would like. Also want to remind you, if you're sick, stay home. Uh, because that's where you should be. Uh, so those are some of the things that uh, we've learned uh, from this pandemic. <clears throat> it is good to be here today and have us all assembled in one place. I know that there are several that are out of town today and wish to be here, uh, but uh, that's the way life goes sometimes. But we're glad that we're able to come together in one assembly and as David wrote, uh, I was glad when they said unto me, <clears throat> let us go into the house of the Lord. We have uh, gone through a difficult period of time over the last year and a half. And we know from this pandemic that it has introduced many new stresses and concerns and anxieties and exposed us to new challenges. Some as a group of people and some as individuals. It has caused many of us to think about the uncertainty of life and the certainty of death. And it has given us real meaning to what it says in James chapter 4 and verse 14 when it says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. We have no promise of tomorrow. We don't know what's going to take place the next minute for that matter. As I've said before, there are people that's going to get up today and they're not going to make it to the end of the day because life is going to come to an end. And in many cases, lives are going to change today. Hopefully that's not our case or any of our problems, but we know that that happens every day in people's lives. But this pandemic has caused many to change the way they think. But we also know that change is good. Especially the kind that God wants us to take part in. He wants us to change our lives. As Christians, we understand that when we left the world and we obeyed the Gospel and we became a child of God, that God didn't expect us to continue living the life that we lived in the past. He expected us to change. And so biblical change is important. And so this morning, I would like for us to look at some of the things that hopefully we've learned from this pandemic. Because I know that there are many articles and, 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 and news reports that have talked about health and anxiety and our loved ones and a loss of jobs and all of those kind of things. But I don't believe that we can pass through a difficult time without being changed in various ways. And I think all of us have changed in one way or another. We may look in the mirror and we may not notice it, but sometimes we can look at others and we can see that there's a change that's taken place. And so we recognize that change is what God wants sometimes. <clears throat> and so today, I want to look at it from a positive way. Look at some of the positive things that hopefully we have learned from this pandemic what lessons this pandemic has taught us, 
and to help us to improve our relationship with God first and foremost, our relationship with our family, and our relationship with Christ, the church, and those that we come in contact with. I hope that we've learned lessons about our priorities and what is really important to us as Christians as opposed to the things that are important to the world. <clears throat> I want to share some of my own thoughts and I hope that you will add your discoveries to my list <clears throat> because I'm sure that all of us have learned different things over the course of the last year and a half. <clears throat> First of all, I want us to realize that hopefully we learn that we don't have control over our world. This pandemic has left us realizing that we are less in control of our world than we might have thought that we were. COVID-19 has knocked us around a little bit, caused many of us to do things that we wouldn't have liked to have done. But sometimes we think as individuals that we can handle whatever comes our way. Instead, of, instead it has raised questions of who's really in control. You know, over the course of time, we've heard people blame presidents and governors and different institutions about the problems that we're dealing with. But ultimately, we need to understand that God is in control. And as individuals, we need to ask ourselves, are we really autonomous? Is it really just about me or am I so involved with all the people that surround me that I, what I do has an impact on them? That God is still in control of my life. And as James said in James chapter 4 and verse 15, we need to understand that we ought to say, if the Lord's will, we will do this or that. And how many of us really say that? I don't believe that James is saying that we literally have to say that out loud, but in our minds we need to understand that it's really not up to us if we live the next minute or if we're around tomorrow. All that matters is God's in control. And we need to understand that and appreciate that. Romans chapter 14 and verse 7. None of us live, or none of us live unto himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether he live or we live in the Lord, unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. And whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. As Christians, we belong to God. God can do with us what He wants to do with us. He's the one that's in, <clears throat> in control of your life and my life. And in Romans chapter 14 and verse 12, Paul tells us, so that every one of us shall give an account of himself before God. So as individuals, we need to understand that the life that we live is important. That we are in God's control. We talked about Paul this morning as he addressed Titus. And he said that he was a servant of God. How many of us use that term to describe ourselves? That we belong to God and we're going to do what God wants us to do. And how do I know what God wants me to do? I read about it in His Word. <clears throat> and I surrender my life to Him. For the Christian, <clears throat> it was a reminder that I believe was very timely <clears throat> and it was very strong. And if we genuinely trust our Lord with our life and our salvation... <clears throat> 
that trust will show itself in a life that we live under His authority, <clears throat> acknowledging that He is in control. The second point... <clears throat> It's not going to show up there on the screen. So you're just going to have to look at that one the rest of the night or day. The second point is God does have the ability <clears throat> to bring good things out of bad things. He can make good things happen to us if we will look for the good in all of these situations. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, it says, For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. What that verse is telling us is that God can take bad things and make good things happen out of it. And we need to understand that truth. You see, out of our separation, God has helped us to appreciate a fresh way and value each other, have a fresh approach to valuing each other. I hope that all of us look forward to today. I hope all of us look forward to when we can come together as God's people anytime. Because it is a blessing to be able to do so. And we were challenged during this period of time, and we need to be thankful that God has blessed us with the ability to come home or come back to, to the church as one, as a group of God's people. With the lockdowns and the social distancing, we sometimes lost that face to face contact. And I hope that all of us realize that that is important. That it's important that we are able to see each other. And I know that during the time that we had two services on the morning, I'd have people at 8.30, hey, does so-and-so come to 11? I'd have people at 11 say, hey, does so-and-so come to 8.30? Maybe I should come to 8.30 or come to 11 so I can see them because we wanted to see them. And you remember going to nursing homes and having to stand outside the window? If you wanted to see someone or you couldn't go to the hospital or you couldn't even comfort someone that had lost a loved one. Out of our separation, the Lord has helped us in many ways to appreciate the value of being a close family of God, being close to one another. and helps us to appreciate the friendships that we have and looking out for each other and mutually building each other up in the faith. We sought opportunities to encourage and to uplift. Our, our challenge is staying in touch <clears throat> because the fellowship of God's people is a deep and attractive thing. And we need it in order to be what God wants us to be. During that challenging time, our true character came out. And it's been said that when pressure is on, the true nature of one person, of a person, comes out. And in many ways, it's been a sad year to see people's character exposed. Because sometimes the pressure built up and you saw what they really were. Maybe you heard what they really were. On the other hand, it's also been a joy to see some good responses with empathy and love and compassion concern. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22, seeing ye have purified unto your souls and obeying the truth, though through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, 
See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. How many prayers were offered for every one of us? How many people here in this congregation prayed for you as an individual? I mention myself that from time to time, I try to picture everybody in the, con- in the congregation while I'm praying. And I go by pew, by pew, by pew. And I'm glad everybody sits in the same spot all the time because it makes it a little easier sometimes when I'm praying and trying to go by names. But I know during that period of time, I've listed name after name after name and brought it up to God. And I hope that you've done the same thing for others. How many cards have been sent out to encourage people during that difficult time? How many calls were made? How many words of encouragement were extended through social media, which I'm no fan of myself? But how many good things happened? Because we were apart. Do we want to go back to normal? Because normal is we don't really just care that much sometimes. Actually, when you think about it, a lot of good things were accomplished during that difficult time. And brethren, we should not be surprised that God can bring about good when things are so challenging. After all, think about what He did with Jesus. He took His own Son dying on the cross and turned it into the greatest victory that you and I could have as a Christian. In 1 Corinthians 15, chapter and verse 55, Paul says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our victory came about by what transpired in the life of Jesus Christ. Out of His victory, He gives us forgiveness and salvation to those who will be obedient to His will. In Hebrews chapter eight and or five and verse eight, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Look at that great good that came out of something so tragic. Instead of death and separation from God because of our sins, he offers us a life with Him eternally because of Jesus. The third thing that I hope we've learned is that we've been given a chance to reassess our life, to examine our priorities and our goals. I hope that during that time that we've come to to the understanding that we cannot look at this life like the world looks at this life. The world looks at this life as this is it. This is what's important. And we've got to have all of this stuff and all the the things that the world offers. But as a Christian, we understand that this world is not our final destination. And it's easy for us to become complacent. It's easy for us to go into that mode to be like the world and that eventually when we get old enough, we'll start to think about our eternal destiny. Brethren, as Christians, we need to think of that eternal destiny every day. We need to live our lives accordingly. We allow our priorities sometimes to get set on the wrong things. 
Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Be honest with yourself. Look in that mirror and ask yourself, is God and His righteousness? Is that first in your life? Oh yeah, it, it is, it is. Well, you know, now that we're able to go and do what we want to do, what do we allow those things that we go and do to interfere with our duty to God? How many of us really have the kingdom of God and His righteousness as our number one priority? Brethren, life is short. We don't have a promise of tomorrow. And I think that we all understood that and understand that today. Listen to what Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verses 21 through 24. For me to live is Christ. Can any of us make that statement? For me to live is Christ. I hope that we can. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose I want not, for I am in a strait betwixt the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Paul realized that he had an opportunity to serve his Lord. He realized that a home in heaven was better. To go and be with Christ was something that he looked forward to. And he realized that that was great gain. But in any event, he was going to serve the Lord. And when his time came, that would be it. And brethren, how many of us lived our lives during that time like, well, if it's the Lord's will and, and you know my time's up, then so be it. But until that time, I'm going to do what the Lord wants me to do. Yeah, I want to go with, be with Him. But I need to live my life accordingly. How many of us looked at our priorities and realized that they're not where they should be? You see, heaven is our final goal. There'll be no pain, no tears, no death, no sorrow. We will be in the presence of our Lord forever. What a joy that will be. Those who've looked forward to this day and the excitement that you have, think about heaven. What a day that will be. Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse beginning of verse 6, For I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight, I finished my course, I kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Now listen to this. And not to me only, but unto all them that love His appearing. Look at the confidence that Paul had. Did we build our confidence during this time that we've had more time for ourselves? You see, the Christian sees that this present life and the experiences that it brings, we see that in light of the future, our home in heaven. And the way that we live now will inevitably change, will be changed by that perspective that we have of our eternal destiny. If we really want heaven to be our home, then we're going to live our lives accordingly. 
God's going to be a priority in our life. His righteousness, the things that He wants us to do, are going to be a priority. And they're not going to be down here. They're going to be at the top of the list. It's not that the now isn't important, but the future with Jesus is what's important. And hopefully we've learned that. So hopefully it was a good time for you to check your perspectives on life. fifth thing he gave us time to renew ourselves he gave us an opportunity to get out of the rat race of life to get off the miracle round of this world it was tough to begin with wasn't it when you couldn't go out you couldn't go to the store you couldn't go to work you couldn't do all those things and all you had to do was sit at home I remember there were times I was saying I don't know how people could do this that's all you had to do. Do we look at it as a time that God gave us to re-engage with Him? And maybe we had been so busy in life that we didn't really have time for Him. We don't have time to read His Word. We don't have time to talk to Him in prayer. We don't have time to, to study and do the things that He wants us to do. Did it give us that opportunity? Oh, we, He gave us that opportunity, but did we seize that opportunity? to recommit our lives, to renew ourselves. You see, people had more time to reflect on how their lives were working out. They had time to reflect upon their family relationships. And I would imagine that in some families, hopefully none here, but some ended up in great turmoil because they weren't getting along to begin with and now all of a sudden everybody's in the house and nowhere to go. And a lot of families probably broke up because of that. So did we take the opportunity to renew our relationships and to build them and make them stronger? I hope we did. What about our relationship with our friends, our brothers and sisters in Christ? We had an opportunity to do that. To build those relationships up. Did we? Most important, what about our relationship with our Father in Heaven. That we build and renew that relationship with our God. Are we stronger? Is our commitment stronger to God today than it was when all of this began? Is our love for the Lord stronger today than it was when all of this began? Have we drawn closer to God, grown closer to His Word through all of this time? Or did we spend all of our time watching something else on TV, reading some other book, some other materials, searching the internet, and still just skipped our relationship with God? We had a, we had time to discover the value of knowing Christ and being secure in that relationship that we have with Him. And there was a fresh appreciation for being able to fellowship with God's people. Listen. It's so easy to forget what we've had a chance to learn and go back to our normal everyday life. And so that doesn't happen. 
so we don't fall back into that worldly pace. May I suggest that we all have a regular set time where we step aside from the world and the rat race that we are going to get back into and eventually and have a, have a time so that we can renew our spirit with God, renew our soul, and, and, and take time with Him. I believe that that would be something that would be good that we would be able to learn. Number six, there's a new openness to God, to Jesus, to His Word, and to the church. And, and I say that with a great emphasis. There's a hope that the world will now be accepting of God. We'll turn more to God to love or to love His Word, to be concerned about His Word in the church. And I know that we look out there on the news, and it just seems that every day it, it, there's a battle, and people are tearing down God, tearing down His Word, tearing down the church, doing all those kind of things. And just remember, those that have the loudest voices are the ones that get heard. Remember, there's still people out there that don't get involved with those things. And they need to hear about God. That there's hope. And I hope that there's a renewed interest in our Lord. And that we can seize the opportunities that may be out there. Because we see that in our world today that there's a mixture of selfishness, but then there's another group that has concern for others. And somewhere in the middle are people that truly are searching for what is right. I have read and seen that in some churches more are attending online than ever has in the past. Going and listening to sermons that they didn't listen to before. Some that have been on the fringe are out listening to others preach and teach the Word of God. Why? Because they realize that maybe their soul isn't in the right relationship with God. And they've come to realize that life is unpredictable. Jesus reminds us in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, Then saith He unto His disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Let us all seek those opportunities. And when that opportunity knocks, let's open that door and seize that opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ with someone else. Number seven, there's a new appreciation for the blessings that we share. The experience of the things that we've lost has caused many to focus on the value of the things that we have left. And we need to appreciate, and I hope we've learned to appreciate, all the blessings that we've had in this life. Because who would have thought that you would ever have gone to the store and not been able to buy toilet paper? And I'm sure that there's probably some in this room right now that hasn't had to buy toilet paper since the very beginning of that pandemic. But who would have thought that would have happened in our country? But it wasn't only toilet paper, it was a lot of other things. I was in the store one time when somebody, well, the, uh, the person brought some hamburger meat out and it was like vultures descended upon that individual. And then you started noticing that some of the workers would just kind of pull stuff out and nonchalantly walk out. And you had to figure out what was in there because they didn't want to get stampeded when people realized what was in it. And you'd hear people walking through the aisles, there's toilet paper over on row 15. 
who would have thought it? But that's the way it is in some places. Other countries sometimes don't have those things. I've heard missionaries that have come back and said, people, they, they, they can't understand how blessed we are. As you go to that cereal aisle, and it's not just one or two choices that you have, you have a ton of choices. We've been blessed. How many of us count those blessings? I hope that one thing that we have learned is to appreciate the physical things that God has blessed us with. The most important, I hope we appreciate God's Word and how it has helped us and guided us through this difficult time. That it truly is, like it says in Psalm chapter 119 and verse 105, His Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's Word guided us through this. If we were, and if, if you had difficulty, maybe you didn't look to God's Word. In Psalms 119 and verse 16, it says, I will delight myself in His statues, and I will, for, and I will not forget Thy Word. God's Word is there to comfort us and to strengthen us and to guide us in this life. How many of us appreciate that blessing to know that we have a God that cares about us as individuals? As I've said before, He knows your name. He knows how many hairs are on your head. With all the things that are in this life, in this universe, that He controls, He cares about you. That's a blessing to know. How many of us appreciate that? You see, in the heart of everything, it's really as our trust in God. God is in control. He was in control before this pandemic, during this pandemic, and after this pandemic, and will continue to be in control, and we need to trust Him. And don't forget that. You see, this world is going according to His plan, not ours. He's the one that's in control. And I've looked forward to this day when we could all worship together. And I know many of you have also. But there's a greater day that I'm looking forward to. And that's the day that we stand around God's throne and we can sing praises to Him for eternity. Because we've heard those words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joys of thy Lord. Brethren, this world is not our home. And as long as we're here on this earth, there's always going to be challenges and trials and tribulation. But we need to remember that He that overcomes is the one that's going to be victorious in the end. And we have to overcome according to God's will. And so this morning, if you're not a Christian, one thing I hope you've learned through this pandemic is that there's hope. And that hope is Jesus Christ. He's the one who gives us the victory in death. And we need to understand His love for us that He came to this earth and died for your sins and mine. And so this morning, if you're not a child of His, I would encourage you to become one by being baptized into Christ. But before you're baptized into Christ, you need to understand that there's things that you need to do, that you need to believe that He is the Son of God. That you need to repent of your sins, turn away from those things, and confess His name before men. 
and then be buried with our Lord in baptism, to have your sins washed away by His precious blood through that simple act of going down in that water and coming up out of that water, He makes us a new creature. He expects us to live a faithful life in service to Him. What a blessing it is to know that He cares about us, that He was willing to die so that we could have that victory. Do you want to be victorious? Then be a child of His. And maybe you are a child of His and you haven't lived as you should. As I said, we've had time to think. We've had time to reflect. We've had time to do a lot of good things. And I hope those are some of the good things that you've done with the time that you've had. But maybe you haven't. And you need to evaluate your life and make changes in your life. That doesn't mean you have to come up here on the front row and say, hey, you know what I've done. But if it is something that you want people to know and you want to repent of and turn away from, then we're here to help you. And we'll pray with you and for you for your sake. We'll help you live that Christian life and you can help us in return to live that faithful life. We want heaven as our home. And I hope you want heaven as your home. And there is a great day coming. And I hope you're ready for it. If you need to respond this morning to the invitation, you can have a seat up here on the front row while we stand and sit.